Welcome to podcast number 17 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, from institutional investing to personal fulfillment, there are lots of different paths people take to a financial planning career. Many start out selling investments or insurance products and then decide they'd like to be able to answer more of their clients' financial questions. Others come from tax practices and find that their clients have unmet needs in other areas. ACP's founder started out as a family lawyer. And then there are advisors who started out with institutional investors. What's it like to make the change from serving large organizations with long histories and business responsibilities to working with individuals with all their concerns, anxieties, and ambitions? Our guest today is Laura Rotter, CFA, MBA, CFP, a financial life planner and founder of True Abundance Advisors with offices in White Plains and New York, New York. After 30 years of successfully managing money for some of the country's biggest institutions, Laura didn't just change lanes to personal planning. In her practice, she guides her clients to align their finances with what matters most in their lives. After all, Laura asks, wouldn't it be amazing if you could wake up each morning excited about the day ahead of you? Laura, thanks for joining us today. Ah, My pleasure, Ken. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you. You're welcome. I I think most of us imagine institutional money management as being a very impersonal profession. So after 30 years, you became a financial life planner. Uh, Tell us about how you came to make that transition. Well, it was a long journey, as you might imagine. When I first started on Wall Street, I would say the first 10 years were so exciting. I was a generalist, which means I followed a lot of different industries, learned a lot of different things about them, and found that I was talented at picking good investments. So I really loved the first 10 years, felt when I would get paid, I'd feel like, ooh, and I get paid to do this. And then the second 10 years, I was raising three children. I uh, had kids one after the other, and I just went into the office every day and did what was expected of me. I was far and away the primary breadwinner, and I didn't really question what I did during the day. I have to say the last 10 years were very hard for me. I no longer enjoyed the people I was working with. I no longer enjoyed what I did during the day, but I fell victim to one of a, a lot of people I work with now. Um, the, the head that I can't change my life. I can't change what I do. I have a large home and a mortgage and three kids in school and vacations and a vacation home. And I felt trapped by my life, but I thought that it would be impossible to make any change. But I um, began to practice yoga and I discovered meditation. And I began to get in touch with that still small voice inside that ultimately said to me, Laura, if you're wearing a tight pair of shoes, you are not the victim of that tight pair of shoes. You can take them off. 
And I ended up buying a book called 90 Days to a New Life Direction, which encouraged the reader to pick three different professions and speak to three people within each profession and explore different opportunities. And one of them was yoga teacher. I actually did a yoga teacher training, but I felt like I had tight hamstrings and perhaps my 30 years of financial market history and experience, I was not meant to throw that out the window. And so after speaking and interviewing two financial advisors, I found that maybe there was a way to combine my yoga teacher training, if you will, and my experience of going inside and really finding what was important to me, if I could combine that with my fluency with uh, numbers and financial markets. So I decided actually that person I informational interviewed invited me to join her firm. At the end of 2013, I left uh, the institutional side of Wall Street. And in May 2014, I joined an existing financial planning practice. And what was that early experience like for you? There were two sides sides to that experience. The positive side was that it's like, wow, I love working with individuals and learning their individual stories and seeing how my advice can help make a difference in their lives. At the same time, this was a a franchise of a broker-dealer. And there was a lot of emphasis on selling product. I want to say up front, uh, there was never anything inappropriate done. And there was a lot of true financial planning work that was part of the practice. But at the same time, we'd have weekly meetings, who sold insurance. There was recommendations of illiquid non-traded securities that had large upfront commissions annuities and other products that I I just didn't feel comfortable selling and didn't feel like I had made this large, large change in my life in order to uh, sell product. So that was part of your motivation to find another way to keep the good parts of that experience while leaving the not as good parts behind. Exactly. And I, through doing research, felt like I wanted an ongoing relationship with people to really see the difference that you make over years in their lives, which was what I saw at the practice I was then a part of. And so I started to explore a retainer-based financial planning model. That's how I found ACP mentioned in um, an article I read. And I joined ACP, I think, while I was still at the other firm. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Ready to make that transition. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It brings to mind my taking the CFP exam while I was still employed in the public sector. Took a vacation day to take the first day of the exam, which uh, at the time was a day and a half. It's interesting how there are uh, a number of different ways to do fiduciary fee-only planning that really serve clients very, very well. And to see the different decisions that we and our colleagues have made about, do we prefer an as-needed method or, you know, obviously like you and I have decided, since we're both members of ACP, we prefer establishing a long ongoing relationship. Yes. And really getting to know people. 
Yeah, it can be very rewarding. When you describe the experience of helping individuals, I think about those times early in my practice when I had clients just look me right in the eye and say, thank you so much. And I realized, oh, I'm going to get paid two ways here. They're going to write me a check and I'm going to feel great about making a change in their life that they're happy about. There's, there's real value in that to me. And it's part of the way I want to practice. It's so true, Ken. And it's not something that happens when you're investing money for institutions on Wall Street. Right. I can well imagine. So it's been interesting to look at the titles of some of the emails that you send to clients and prospective clients and things like staying calm by focusing on what you can control and how to stay motivated and keep working toward your financial goals. They don't strike me as being that different from what you might see from a lot of financial advisors. And on the other hand, there are things that I haven't seen uh, as frequently, things like hope blooms in spring and be the change you wish to see. And my favorite, hands down, is practical advice and Frodo's lesson. What's the message you want your clients to take away from those emails? I feel like in this profession, I'm teaching what I myself need to learn, continues to be an ongoing journey. And the message I want people who read my emails and people who are already working with me to know is that I'm not your typical financial advisor. We all know that when someone makes that first phone call and reaches out, there's a lot of fear and anxiety involved. You're going to talk to a stranger and reveal something we never, ever talk about with our friends and, and, and our family often. Our finances, how much money you have, how much cash flow you have, and so much is wrapped up in that. And so I want to lead with who I am authentically, which is someone who both grapples with the same things and is aware that there are things we can control in our lives and there are things that we cannot. And so I really seek both to convey that message and to work with people that are open to hearing that message. I mean, you and I are in the same business of advice, and we know those people who reach out because they feel like their advisor didn't perform the same as the market, or they have an inheritance and all they want to know is how to invest it, and they don't want to do any, any sort of personal exploration. And I feel very privileged to create a safe space for people to explore much more than how much cash flow do you have and how much cash flow do you need. Of course, that's a basic piece of information, but we want to use that information for a larger exploration. What turns you on? What are you excited to do in the morning? What gives you joy? What are your values? And how can we use these numbers to really provide more? of what makes you excited each day. And so I try in my little way to convey this message in my blog posts. Your website talks about uh, living life on purpose without depleting your finances. And I imagine that when you start talking with a new potential client, they might not really get what that means. Maybe some of them do right away, but does it take some a while to understand what you're driving at when you talk about living life on purpose? I think the the quick answer to that would be, of course, and it takes more than just a couple of months. 
I make it very clear that that's going to be part of the work we do together in one very obvious way. When someone seems like they're on the path to becoming a client, I say, you know, our first meeting is going to be purely qualitative. We are going to be in the process of getting our documents together. I'll end the meeting with noting what more information I need. But we spend an hour when people first become clients just discussing the money stories that they grew up with. And it's as much for them as it is for me to hear, and often a couple will hear each other's money stories and come to an understanding that the way one spouse grew up and the messages they heard could be very different than the messages the other spouse heard and starting to recognize how that's impacting their decision-making around money, their communication around money. And so someone who's not interested in that exploration, again, is, you know, I was going to say, oh, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I just want to know whether I should be in a 60-40 portfolio. So anyone working with me on the one hand is open to that exploration. And on the other hand, you know, there's no instant gratification. It's going to be a while of thinking about what's important. And I say that because clarity about the numbers, again, you know this as well as I do, can, can sometimes bring more anxiety. But over time, as you start to understand the pieces of the puzzle and how the wealth you've accumulated and will continue to accumulate will be spent over time, it lessens the anxiety and you can start looking ahead to where you want to be a decade from now, as opposed to where you want to be a year from now. This process continues in deeper and deeper levels as time goes on. Yes. Nobody's ready to make, if there is a change to be made, certainly there are people who come are very happy with their day-to-day lives and just want to make sure that that can be maintained. But if someone comes who isn't and would like to make a change, It's a while just to think about understanding the resources they have and then the steps they can take to consider living a life more on purpose. And of course, with our tendency being to resist change, there's that gap in people's thoughts between their belief that they're ready to make a change and the actuality about how substantial are the changes they're willing to make. Exactly. And I do want to bring up, at least right now, as we're speaking, we're in a period of tremendous change from the coronavirus, but I have been doing pro bono work and been speaking to people who have. And um, I think as much as you, one might write about how change is part of our daily lives, now we're really feeling it and maybe more of a catalyst for people to recognize wow, I don't have an unlimited lifespan. And if I'm unhappy in my daily life, let's explore, even on the margin, what kind of things I can consider. Yeah, the the change really has been thrust upon us. And it brings to mind the topic that we talk about sometimes in training ACP members of helping our clients be prepared for the triple whammy. And we describe the triple whammy often as uh, the stock market crashes when you lose your job and then you have a major health issue all at the same time. And this is almost exactly what we saw with coronavirus, which by itself 
caused the stock market to fall and many people to lose their jobs. And it's not that we were predicting that this would happen and certainly not predicting it would happen at any given time. But it is what we want our clients to be prepared for. Exactly. And to contemplate not only the financial changes that need to take place in response, of course, those are important, but what other changes can you now think about now that you realize how tenuous things can be? I imagine that your work with clients involves them realizing when they are ready to make all sorts of changes in their lives, some perhaps with career and with how they relate to money, but you must encounter people who say, I'm finally ready to start getting in good physical condition. I'm finally ready to change my dietary habits, which I know we've run across in our practice from time to time, but we don't approach it with the same focus on, you know, what's your foundational truth? What's the reality of who you are as a person before we get to your finances? So I imagine you must uncover things like that more readily. Yes, harder to get. I I do. I'm thinking of one client. This was a woman. I continue to work with her and her husband. She was the primary breadwinner of her family. And though she loved what she did, she was traveling and up at night talking to different countries. So she left to start her own consulting practice was very frightening. And at the same time, talked about she's finally getting to take walks outside. She's finally getting to prepare meals for the family so she can control how she's eating. But it's interesting that that is indeed part and parcel of the kind of things we talk about with our clients. I love those meetings when we are saying to clients, well, you know, we've taken a look at your retirement sustainability and you need to spend more money. That's always a good day. But when clients will sometimes push back against that and say, what happens if things get worse? Well, we've protected against that in these ways. So what is all this money for? Or when they may say, well, you know, Ken, it's kind of an expensive trip. Really? How expensive? Well, it's going to cost $12,000. Well, you know, you have this much in savings and investments. That's not going to hurt you. And what did you save all this money for anyway, if not to have a life that you find more satisfying and fulfilling and meaningful. Exactly. So what makes an ideal client for your practice, Laura? Who are your favorite clients to work with? Well, I just mentioned one, a couple who had come to me where the woman really wanted a professional change. And it's interesting, when I started my practice, having spent all those years really in a very male-dominated environment on training desks in Wall Street, I had thought that I would work primarily with women. Yet I found that the majority of the clients I work with are couples. I think there's a feeling that the, the men feel comfortable with my fluency, with the numbers, um, and also their wives are comfortable with me. And so it really is something that they can participate fully in the process as a couple. Recently, I've, I have had more women come to me. I'm working right now with a woman who is in the financial services sector and would very much like to leave and um, working on understanding how much could she take a cut and pay and still maintain the lifestyle she has. We're looking at different relocation strategies. But that is, again, a perfect client for me because it's an 
exploration, both of, you know, the financial structures, but also of what's important to her, what she really values, her family, her relationships, and um, how she can find the right balance. I, I love those clients who are really open to the deep work and not just the numbers. We've had a guest on the podcast previously, Frankie Corrado, who spoke of dual membership with ACP and the Kinder Life Planning Institute. And he speaks with the same kind of conviction about what it's like to work with people on a very deep level about what their the meaning of their life is. So as as ACP members, you know, we see a number of our colleagues who do some form of life planning or another as you do as Frankie does. On the other end of the spectrum, there are other ACP members who may be focused more on traditional numbers-based approach, and yet with these different approaches, we find value in a community that serves all of us. What is it that you get from your continued membership in ACP? I have to say it's far and away the people. As we speak, Ken, I can picture your face. We've had conversations one-on-one live at ACP conferences. When you start ACP, you start with a core group and you go through the modules together. And I still have relationships with the people I went through the core group with. You have a mentor. I'm not sure if that's exactly what it's referring what the what the term is, but I just feel like from having gone to a number of ACP conferences since I joined and being on we have a bulletin board where there's questions asked every day, I feel very connected to the people. I feel like I can picture everyone's face along with the name and it's a very open, giving, sharing community always willing to give advice and be there for each other in a way that a larger community just just can't be. So I really feel very much a part of ACP. I think it's no secret that I feel much the same way, even though my training was back in the year 2000 before the current success program. It is true that those people that you go through training with become important to you for many years. And I feel like the it's sort of like biodiversity, the diversity of approaches that our colleagues have combined with the fact that we all share very important values about what it means to serve a client. Those two things taken together mean that it's the most important membership in my professional life. And when I have questions about something I'm unfamiliar with, the first place I want to turn is to ACP colleagues, because there's someone who not only has been down that road, but also understands what it means to serve clients the way we do. Your firm is called True Abundance Advisors. What's the single most important step you think financial planners should take as professionals so that we are experiencing true abundance and can be better servants to our clients. In my path, what I found the most important thing to do, and I'm continuing to work on it, is to find some joy in what I do on a daily basis. 
And it's easier said than done. I feel like when I started this business, I was the worst boss I ever had. My, you know, what I had scheduled in my day and the time I woke up and I was just running, running, running to keep up. And then I took a step back and I said, Laura, your why, think of your why, why you started this business, what you want to bring to your clients. Start by doing it for yourself. What can you do each day? And so I I really work very hard to ask myself that question. And it may be different each day. Right now, frankly, I have adult kids home and and that has been bringing me a lot of joy. No, it won't last forever. What do we want to bring to our clients and make sure you're bringing that to yourself as well? I think there's there's a lot of a lot of wisdom in that. I think it's correct to say that most ACP members have a financial advisor of their own in the same way a doctor doesn't diagnose their own situation. They go to another physician for that. And to be able to benefit the same way that we want to have our clients benefit just makes us better planners. I think of one of the best moments in my planning experience where a client had come to me wondering if she needed to return to work as a legal secretary after her husband had passed on a few years before. And when we reached the conclusion that she would never have to work again, I could see the weight coming off her shoulders. And I'd been practicing for probably about eight or 10 years at that point. But when I saw that change in her, when she realized that She was going to be more than fine. She was in really solid shape. And once she understood that, and I saw that physical change come over her, I thought, oh, that's what I'm here to do. And sometimes we forget, you know, physician, heal thyself. We need to do that for ourselves. And I think that does give us more to then be capable of sharing with clients. So. Yes, if we learn to listen to what we need, we're then better guides to help others listen to themselves and what they need. Absolutely. Well, Laura, what a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for joining us and and being our guest. Thank you very much for inviting me. Really enjoyed this. You've been listening to Laura Rotter, CFA, MBA, CFP, financial life planner and founder of True Abundance Advisors with offices in White Plains and New York City. There's a link to Laura's website in our show notes. This is podcast number 17 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. In 2020, ACP is celebrating 25 years of training advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach, providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910-769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.